Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Buggery, buggery, donks. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. And this right here, it's Morning Combat. Back at it, Jersey City style from the old Orchids of Combat Massage Studio and Parlor, depending on what time of the day you're there. My name is Brian Campbell, CBS Sports Showtime. Whoever else is willing to pay me, and the guy across from me, 24 hours removed from UFC 257, McGregor Poirier 2, is the best in the world at what he does, a mixed martial arts analyst extraordinaire, a hairy baboon, if you will. It's Luke Thomas. Hi. Luke, um, look, we got a lot to do today. McGregor Poirier up, up, the, up the wazoo. Showtime Championship Boxing returns tomorrow. We'll get into that. A couple other fight headlines, but um, let's not bury the lead here. Um, there is a camera crew, a documentary crew around us filming our every moves, and we've, we've had some unscheduled uh, storylines in the last 24 hours. I want to thank everyone who's checked out all of our bonus content this week, going back to before we came here. Sugar Rashad Evans giving his picks, but Luke and I yesterday recorded a lot of really intelligent, smart, funny, evocative, erotic content right here between two men in 2021. And most of the people didn't really get a chance to fully hear it. Did they hear it? No, there's been uh, a cavalcade of fail surrounding these shows. There's no getting around it. The comments are a graveyard. What can you do? We don't know if they can hear us properly right now, BC. We are just guessing that there are no actual Fuck ups, I guess we'll find out. I mean, uh, you know, what a time to have a documentary being filmed at that time. But for the people out there that are saying, hey, guys, you know, this is probably another bit. This whole Not failure of production has uh, been a fun a bit for a bit. while. But now, you know, you, you, you've shoved Jade on our throat enough. But what's really happening with all things morning? If the bit lasts for two seconds and then never comes back again, it's a bit. If the bit, if the bit lasts for two hours across two videos, one live, one recorded... It's not a bit. It's a problem. And, uh, yeah. I'm angry. I'm embarrassed. But uh, we'll, we'll keep, you know, the thing is, there, there's something that's happening this week separate from that, Luke. I'm taking the word art, and I'm making it a verb. My art will oh my not God. suffer. Are you still doing this fucking No, no, shit? seriously. My art will not suffer because of them. We're still going to load up. We're still going to bring it. A lot to get to you today. Here's what I want you to do, though. We talked about Showtime Championship Boxing coming back on Saturday night. We talk about that can't-miss comedy store doc that you still haven't checked out. Brendan Schaub's in it, by the way. Go to Showtime.com. Get your 30-day free trial right now. What's stopping you? All right? The, the, the potential of pounding sand, if you don't like it, it's time to check in into what we're doing. Showtime is the label that pays me. Uh, longtime subscriber, though. Catch that. Also, I want you dressed to the nines in what we do here. The, see this mug right here? See this beautiful mug right here? Yeah, you can't it's actually buy It's not for sale, it. okay? You don't live in the U.S., you can't buy anything anyway. But if you live in the right zip code and the right time and you hold your phone under the stars in the right spot in your house, you may be able to go to store.show.com. 
and outfit your family in a variety of, uh, what's your favorite MK merch item up to this point? Uh, the m tumbler, because it's all black as you slurp your thing like a fucking orangutan. <laughs> Uh, it's all black, and uh, you, so you can put it, you know, for me, when I want to drink and I don't want my wife to realize I'm boozing, yes. I can put that in there, and she'll be like, oh, what do you have? And I'm like, water. It's vodka. Fantastic. I love that. I love that <laughs> shit, Luke. Hey, we're doing our room service diaries later today. We got a lot. Seriously, when we said that we are going to face fuck the people with content this week, seriously. I think you said you were going to jizz art on their face. <laughs> <laughs> art is a verb now. That's where I've crossed over. I will art. What have all I done with my life? What have I done? Uh, we got a lot of great content coming your way. Check out the bonus clips yesterday. We went through Conor McGregor's resume and fine detail. Reacted to the press conference. We have Room Service Diaries filming tonight, Friday yep. night. Yep. Uh, thank you for sending your questions to the Apple Podcast. That, that will not be live. That's recorded. It'll be either late tonight, early tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. Well, we got bonuses for you on Sunday. We're going to be in the bomb shelter through Monday. So a lot of great hold stuff. Hold hold this is the way. big one. Saturday night. Right after the fights, post-fight show, right here, live as soon as the main, the main event will end. John Anik will interview the winner and the loser, and then we go live, directly following that right here, us together in studio. Woo, so provided you have not been turned off by the failures of our extended staff and team, like this video, <laughs> subscribe to what we're doing, because this MK rocket ship, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's going. It's go Luke, it is going to penetrate places you never imagined. Yeah, three needles, that whole bit. All right, hey, why don't we start off our show here, okay? I've been looking to get off of Luke and into this ISO cam. So uh, our top story of the day. Hey, guys, we're 24 hours away from UFC 257, Las Vegas' first pay-per-view of the year for the UFC, the third card in this eight-night stand at Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And, Luke, you can't mention UFC 257 without quickly saying McGregor, Poirier, too, they took to the scales on Friday morning. First officially, second in the unofficial stare down, which was brought back for the first time in quarantine. What's your biggest takeaway from everything you saw from McGregor and Poirier this morning? The face-off between the two was friendly, but incredibly intense. It's proof that yes, listen, sometimes a little bad blood makes a fight very much must-see, but the idea that you need bad blood every time, all the time, to get the best out of competitors is not true. These are very, still guys in their prime, but these are very experienced competitors at this point. They don't need to manufacture beef just to get things going. And so you saw there's this real competitive rivalry, but Dustin handed him the hot sauce. By the way, the review's up on MK. Um, and they Great bonus video, sorry. Yep, yep, yeah. they shook hands the whole nine yards. So there was a real, you know, professional camaraderie slash opposition there, which I enjoyed. One thing to note, someone sent me a picture of Connor weighing in at 155 at 229 opposite, you know, Nurmagomedov. Not, not, not facing Nurmagomedov. What are the difference? Facing, well, okay, so always be careful because photos can be edited. They can be the contrast and sharpness. I've read can be a lot changed. of Playboy in my life. I've seen. I've seen. Fair the, enough. Fair yeah, enough. You, there, there's and, no stretch marks on there. And all right? the lighting can be wildly different as well. But one thing I noticed was you can actually see it right there in his right forearm. Uh, see his right bicep. You see the vascularity in it. I could not find any example of that from 229 weigh-ins. And yes, there could be a hydration issue there as well. All I'm saying is, bare minimum, he looks the same. I don't think he looks the same. I actually think he looks a little bit in better shape, a little bit tighter. This is what happens when you eliminate, seriously, when you eliminate the whiskey and some of the extra party stuff that was going no on. No doubt about point. it. So to me, and there was also a little bit more muscular definition on him. Again, not a dramatically different one, but enough to really kind of take notice of it. So what does that mean for tomorrow? I don't know, but I do think it's probably going to be fair to say win or lose, and that's the good news for Dustin Poirier. If you end up beating that McGregor, you beat a McGregor who was... Yes. Pretty well prepared. Yes, and I think that's been the biggest thing that I'm trying to say. I don't know how much 
there was fool's gold in that 40 seconds against Cowboy Cerrone, right? I don't know exactly how much McGregor's game has evolved in recent years while sitting out largely. I don't know if he really wasn't at his best against Habib, but one thing I do know is he will have no excuses after this fight, and that's a great thing to know. He is coming in at age 32 with his best foot forward. We're going to see the very best. Uh, one word you and I used during Connor's interview after the ceremonial face-off weigh-in thing, uh, sounded happy. Like, sounded like genuinely, like, yeah. humble and happy. Does that, that doesn't really mean anything, but it's good to see, right? I think it does. You, I think if you're in a place in your life when you're miserable, maybe in certain intervals you can use that anger to fuel you. That's probably true. You've had a few of those years. I, I'm living through it at this very moment. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is it also will benefit you over the long run at some point to enjoy what you're doing, to be committed to it. This is what I mean. We've been going through this. Everyone's like, oh, Connor's not doing, you know, the same bit about uh, F everyone, F the world, blah, 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 isn't this boring? I'm trying to make the point. Dude, he ran that identity basically as far as it was going to go, and it resulted in incredible highs. There's no denying it. It worked. Like, let's just say it out loud. It worked. But it can't work forever. And it also blew back in his face a little bit. You took that road as far as it could go. You had to pivot to something else. And I think the idea that he can't pivot and then deliver what he was delivering before in terms of the success in the octagon, I don't know if he'll do that tomorrow. But do I think he can pivot and then have success? 1,000% BC. Commercially, is there some comparison to what we see either in pro wrestling where people change their gimmicks to remain relevant and create new life in their character? And we see it even in, like, Madonna and David Bowie. You know, it's like, I'm going to change my hair and my style for this. Is this, like, McGregor the artiste finding a new... Uh Finding a, new a new, finding a new way to stay in harmony with the world, to be happy, as you mentioned, to enjoy yourself, to get the most out of life. He's, he's, he's older. He's wiser. Again, I, I don't know what to make of all of the trouble that surrounded him the last few years, whether it was snatching a guy's cell phone or jumping into the Bellator cage with the real serious allegations about sexual misconduct. You know, that's for everyone to decide for themselves because the evidence is hard to come by and it's, it's just hard to know what's what. Um, but I don't want to ignore that it existed. At the same time, he just, at least from what we can tell, he appears to be mostly on the other side of that. As we mentioned, he did not get angry at the media. He answered the question forthrightly. I tend to think that's a big deal. John, when he did not want to answer my question, 214, you could still tell. And by the way, it fueled him. John he, Jones, yeah. Yeah, he won, but you could tell he had a chip on his shoulder about it. Connor doesn't seem to have that and yet looked to be in tremendous shape. And when the face-off time came... I did not detect any lack of enthusiasm for that moment whatsoever. I'm kind of already sick about, through all of our CBS Sports HQ visits this week, which we've been all over the network, talking about the Habib side of it. So I'm not going to dig in too deep beyond saying this. In the past 24 hours, Connor has been interviewed, and he specifically said, if Habib is unwilling to face me, why is the UFC not stripping him of the lightweight title? Um, do you also agree that Habib right now should be stripped? Like, this is a little bit ridiculous. That Dude, I know you do, too. Like, Connor's right. Like, I'm not even, like, pro or anti-Connor in this way, but, like, yeah, dude, if the guy holding the title is not going to defend it, the fuck are we doing? Like, yes, that's a totally reasonable point. Uh, you know, again, I, is Habib, the, remember what Dana said, the one he's like, the one thing Habib said he's not going to do is hold the division up. It's like... <laughs> but he will through this weekend. Yeah, but sure. you're kind yeah. of doing that now, sort of. Not exactly, a little bit. Anyway, listen. Hey, a lot more Dana still to come in this show. What the yeah, hell's listen, going on? He's, right Connor's right about that. Maybe you disagree with Connor on everything else, or you don't, whatever. But um, this issue, he's right. Either shit or get off the pot. Whose call that is to not formally strip Habib? I guess the, the buck stops with UFC at that point. But either way, yeah, let's let's figure this out. Uh, Connor weighed 155, punched his chest on the scale for the official weigh-in, said championship weight was fired up. Uh, 
Poirier 156. I thought he looked fantastic. Nope. Anything else you read from Poirier's um, mannerism? He doesn't give you a lot. Nope. No, he keeps his cards close to the vest. I think he's trying to do that this entire time. He wants to save everything for the fight rather than expending all this emotional and psychological energy ahead of time. Probably the right call. Again, will it push him to victory? I guess we'll find out tomorrow. But I like the way, listen, you got to do what works for you. That works for him. All right, I'm not going to ask you for your prediction. We've been down this road before. I get where you come. Luke, I'm starting to learn you, finally. Yeah, our editorial marriage, right? I'm starting to get Listen, most people... I'm learning most your love people, languages. Most people have totally ordinary groupthink ideas, and they get to have nice, safe, easy-to-understand identities, and then there are people who don't, who realize right, there's I a lot of bullshit in the world. I didn't need that preamble. You certainly didn't. I'm going to give it to you just the same. Uh, and then when you realize there are heterodox thinkers... It takes a little bit more time to uncover which way the wind is blowing, but you're I'm more of a heterodox thinker. I prefer the touch of a woman. That's just me personally, though. Um, Luke, I will say that. <laughs> Unless it's your dad's <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, no, we can't, we can't talk about that right now. Um, seriously, though, I don't want your prediction, but I do want to know this from you because I, 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 I respect your ability to, to deduce te the technical side in that. What are you looking to see in the first five minutes of this fight that Ooh. will tell you who may end up winning it? Uh, good, that's a great question. So I think if the full first round, assuming that it goes to a second, because you know, who, who the hell knows, uh, it will be very much in Dustin's interest if one, Connor has not landed any kind of significant blow, like he's throwing and missing, can't quite get the range right, something like that, that would be very bad for him. If he's getting pressed along the fence and the clinch, he's having to really just, you know, maybe he's not getting beat up, but he's just wrestling in that space. That's what people misunderstand about the first round with Habib. It's like, well, Habib didn't really do a whole lot. In terms of, like, advancing position, no. In terms of draining that fucker, look at what yes. happened in the second round. It, yeah. was a, it was very smart. To the extent that he does something like that, it would be very good for Dustin. On the other hand, if Dustin is in a space where as he tries to encroach onto Connor or they, they get closer to each other, you watch his footwork fall apart because Connor is able to time him, land more easily on him, and then you see Dustin firing back in some kind of less strategic way, obviously that's going to be really bad for him. So really it's, I think, a slower start um, that you can define the fight that way, not just yourself. It's going to be good for Dustin. And then conversely, you know, Connor getting right to work, right to distance is going to tell you Yeah, I mean, fire. the first five minutes are going to be off the charts in terms of edgy or Also, see last thing on this, last on this. I looked at Connor's numbers between the Diaz fights and, like, where he was in terms of the numerical amount of output. I'm going to see if we can pay attention to that. It's hard to get the numbers in real time. I'm looking to see how he decides to adjudicate his output. Does he, you know, what's the what's the word that Kyrie Irving, or not Kyrie Irving, um, Kawhi Leonard had? A load management? Omerta? No, 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 load management. How much does he decide to pump the brakes just a little bit himself to give him a little bit of energy later if he needs it? Love it, love it. I, I, just the same, though. Obviously, we're thinking if it goes four and five, it's going to favor Poirier. That middle ground, rounds two and three. If yes. Connor has to make an adjustment, he doesn't get the early finish or doesn't dominate the distance in the, in the damage early on, the first stamina dump is going to be key, just like we talked about in that lengthy video we did on Connor's career. The second Nate Diaz fight, it was a, a, the key moment was when Connor seemed to be faltering at the end of the third round, out of gas, running backwards against the, catch, the fence. He bit down, he figured it out, he got back in that. Obviously, Poirier, a very dangerous guy to be uh, to be down in terms of stamina and be going into those late rounds. Can Finer Connor make the adjustments if he needs to 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 win a different way? It's going to be great. To, oh man, I balls bonanza right now. Yeah. Sit, uh, right? La I mean, last, last thing on this too is uh, is going to be Poirier's chin, right? Because he got stopped by Michael Johnson at 155 inside the first. Max Holloway, who I think certainly can hit hard, but I would not call him a power puncher. He hurt Dustin several times, but Dustin persevered. 
Certainly we've seen Dustin take hard shots to the body and the legs against like Justin Gaethje. Um, so if it goes to the fourth and the fifth, like if Connor, here, imagine this scenario. What if Connor lands on him like clean and it hurts, but you know, no more than like what Dan Hooker could do, which was not nothing, but not enough to, not enough to win. Now you're, now, you're in, now you're in a bad place if you're Connor because you can land on the guy and it doesn't really do the things to him that it did to Eddie Alvarez or some of the guys at 145. And, and Nate Diaz is the only guy who was able to seemingly take Connor's best and keep coming with the weight difference. Right, right. right. So, so then it begins to get real interesting. So I'd be curious to see what kind of punch resistance does a 155 Poirier have to Connor. We'll see. I'm, I, I bit down on the – I'm drinking the juice. I got Connor by early second round finish. I just uh, – he's not a better fighter. This is just still a great scenario style-wise for him to come out in that first round and just he looks so fresh. He looks so hungry. If he's got some more tricks to set up his left hand, which he's looking to do, throw combinations. I mean, I, I, I can't get past that. I think Poirier can be hurt and stopped despite how great he is. Uh, but that's why we're going to sign up and see this. Um, I'm not going to give the Jake Hager line, but you know how I'm feeling under this table, right? You need psychological counseling. All right. Uh, Luke, um, anything else? We've said a lot this week about UFC 257. Uh, Chandler Hooker, we've talked about. It could be the damn fight of the year. There's so much at stake for both. Anything else on the By the way, Michael Chandler looked fucking shredded on the scales. Did he not? Yes. You know what's kind of funny? I mean, listen, you guys know what I think about USADA. I just tend to think a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. But whatever one thinks about it, Patricio Freire, who was his nemesis for a time in in, uh, Bellator, consistently accused Michael Chandler of using PEDs. Every tweet was about PEDs, steroids, steroids, steroids. Well, I don't know what's happening now that he's gone from commission and VADA, not VADA, but commission testing to uh, now USADA, but there's been zero physical drop-off, and he looked to be in phenomenal physical condition. My dad used to call people like that built like a brick shithouse. Your dad wasn't the only one who did that. I've done that on this show probably 100 times. Not on this one. Yes, on this one. I, I am your dad. <laughs> Luke, you are not Kiss my me. father. <laughs> Kiss me, Brian. The, all right, let's bring you. You're trying to bring, bring it up, this bring topic. It up, fucker. That's all what right. the show is about. Bring right. it up. First of all, it's 2021, okay? Second of all, I'm French Canadian, at least half, so we're very passionate. You're French Canadian right? as much as you are black, okay? <laughs> but Luke thinks it's inappropriate, weird. I think it's, for, un, I want to call for it unusual. A, for a grown man to kiss. A male relative, meaning either his son or his father or his grandfather, on the lips. Luke thinks there's something wrong with that. No, I, Luke, I maybe think, I, I think just if come from. I think if they're young, that's fine. I think once they start getting. So it's like this, like trick or treating. It's like once you're 11 or 12, it's too much. So I can't kiss you on the mouth anymore. I can't go to. Well, you house. said you still do it. I don't mean like open mouth kiss in the tongue. I mean like when my grandfather, before he died, it was in his senior years. First thing he'd do when he'd see you is come up and give you a big kiss on the lips, dude. Like I mean, listen, I'm not one of these guys. I saw pictures floating around. We talked about this with Canelo kissing his brother. People like that's weird, and it was on the forehead. No, it's not. Hunter Biden being kissed by his father, Joe Biden, on the forehead. Is that weird? No, it's not. Two grown adult males who are related. Pecking lips? I'm not saying my uncles or my male cousins or whatever, but like a dad or a grandpa or your son, dude. Like, do you, do you did you grow up in love? Did you grow up in in, no, a, in, fairness, in a culture in, of in love? Fa- in fairness, no. All right. Well, there you go. I guess that's the difference between two different people. Hey, remember when that camera guy Lou was re-racking the other day and you caught him? That was great. That was great content, right? Yep. He was. I was like, let me find my keys. And yeah. It took him five minutes <laughs> while he was just stroking. I was like. Does it take that long to find your keys? <laughs> All right. Uh, we did have news this morning on the way in regarding the UFC 257 card, which has been shuffled a little bit. We're supposed to have Matt Frivola in a lightweight bout against Otman Isatar. Otman's a German, unbeaten, coming in. This was supposed to be a pretty good fight. 
And then Atman Izatar was off the card. At first, we had no reason for it. Now we find out that UFC President Dana White has spilled the, the real truth. Here's the deal. This was a COVID-19 protocol violation. Specifically, uh, Azatar, can you move your hand, Luke, in my ISO setup? Buck there? off. I'm trying to get the full volume of it. See, I look a lot slimmer in black. I don't, don't look as chubby and fat. Uh, so Azatar's team cut off the bracelets they had inside the bubble, handed them out to other people per Dana White, and then what really happened, so it's like a freaking James Bond movie, a member of Azatar's extended team that wasn't in the bubble, taped on the bracelet with a tape and delivered a bag to Azatar's room by jumping up on a balcony and cutting across four different balconies. Luke, this is as bizarre as ever, but here's how it ended. The fight's called off and Azatar's been cut from the UFC. There's some Paul Daly shit right here. How do you react to this? You know, it's not often I find myself in agreement with Dana, but what choice did he have? Ooh. I mean, listen, why does Fight Island work? It works because they've got very intense protocol that if everyone buys into the system, everyone gets to stay safe. And if everyone gets to stay safe, then you can have, you know, with, within, within reason, fans in attendance, you can have fights go on, you can contain the spread of this terrible disease that has spread across the world. But what does it require? It requires everyone to, you know, and I, listen, people are going to make mistakes, I understand, but it requires everyone to do their job. This is not merely someone, you know, kicking their feet up when it comes to obeying the rules. If you cut your, the wristband off that gives you access to certain areas, you give it to people who I'm guessing were not as thoroughly screened, then they're going from balcony to balcony to deliver. And by, by the way, no one does this who is doing business above board. What the hell's in that bag right, that, that you... I'm not going to speculate because I don't know what the hell it could be. Here's what I know. Nothing good. Okay, that's what I know. There's no, he wasn't delivering. Probably him a, equipment to stream the pay-per-view. Maybe, maybe that was the streamer. They were trying to get around it. That was like, they thought what VPN is. But he wasn't delivering him an extra pair of socks or, you know, a book to read while he was in quarantine. And whatever it was, it wasn't good. Dude, Dana had no choice. That is such a flagrant, complete, you, like, who could possibly do that and be like, well, we didn't think we were breaking the rules that bad. Dude, you knew what you were doing. You knew exactly what you were doing. They had no choice. Dana was not, like, he wasn't ranting and raving about it. He was like, I mean, this is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. They had no choice but to stop the fight, and they had no choice but to cut him. I completely support it. I had to double check. I'm not dead wrong. Azatar is uh, born and raised in Germany. He's of Moroccan descent. Uh, like I said, he was unbeaten coming in. This is. Oh, that dude, have you ever read Karim Zidane's reports on him? No. Super sketchy past. All right. Well, Luke, there's been, so there's been a shuffle. The Frivola fight was taken off the main card, but he's going to resurface on the undercard in the preliminary main event against a guy that you told everybody to watch out for, yeah. whose opponent, what, missed weight? Tell us the so story. So Nasrat Hakparast had weigh-in issues. I don't think it was COVID-related. Certainly not COVID protocol-related. So he was just off. Now, the problem was Saryukian originally weighed in at 159 for a non-title fight. He re-weighed in, uh, I think, up to two hours later, and he made 157. So he missed weight still. He has to give it 20% of his purse. Not a terrible miss in the end. Yes, he should make it. Um, he is a big 155. I think his days probably 155 are numbered. What nation is Azatar from? Azatar is Moroccan. You just told us that. You mean Saryukian? Saryukian, yes. He, uh, I believe he calls Russia home, but he's Armenian, which is why I've sort of had my eye on him. Oh, okay. Um, All right. No, you, I'm serious. You and Coach Edmund, I love it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So what they're going to do is they said, well, we had these two lightweight fights. Each of these guys lost an opponent, so let's just put Frivola and Saryukian together, and that fight is still going to be in the same place that the original 
hack parast Saryukian fight was. What's interesting is, it, it, to me, it's actually a much tougher fight for Saryukian. One, you missed weight. I think Frivola is better than hack parast, and dude, he is a perpetual motion yes. machine. Yes. So this is going to be a highly intriguing fight. I actually like this one much better. It's your preliminary main event, a 157-pound catch rate. Uh, we're moving a fight up to the main card. Uh, the dude from Uzbekistan. Muradov, yes. Mahmoud Muradov, yes. That's going uh, to be a good one right there. Uh, Luke, other news in the combat sports cycle. Let me make sure I'm uh, in the right place here. Uh, the biggest star in boxing, Canelo Alvarez, made some headlines in the past few days. After much speculation, who is he going to fight? What network? What promotion? Is he going to be a free agent? Is he going to PB? No, he signs a two-fight deal with Eddie Hearn's Matchroom Sport, which keeps him on the zone at least for the next two fights. February 27th, he will do that previously rumored and reported uh, super middleweight title mandatory bout against Turkey's Anvil Yildirim, uh, who will be a big underdog coming Avni. in. Avni Yildirim, excuse me on that. Uh, so many names, Azatar, so many. It's yeah, hard. I agree, it's a lot. It's hard for a guy like me. But uh, I'll tell you this in the end. He'll fight Yildirim. Not a fight people are going to be pumped for. It is a mandatory, but you're getting the biggest star in boxing back two months later after he just beat Callum Smith to unify titles at 168. And it's going to be at the... Miami Dolphins football stadium uh, with, you know, limited seating, but outdoors, a big super event. And that means his goal is to come back in May and unify titles once again against Billy Joe Saunders, who's also promoted by Eddie Hearn's Matchroom Sport. Considering all the rumors out there, Luke, and there was some thought that maybe PBC would pick him up for two fights, do the Yildirim fight, and then maybe try to make the Caleb Plant pay-per-view. Are you happy? Are you moved at all by, by which direction? We're going to get him twice in the next four months. Can you, can you hate on that? Yeah. Yeah, the guy <laughs> fought DAZN so that his next three fights could be back on DAZN. It's like, I don't, I don't understand exactly the strategy there, although I'm not mad about it. I'm a DAZN customer, so I get to watch Canelo for the price I'd be ordinarily paying anyway. That's fine. True. The Yildirim fight, I get. It's a mandatory. It's, you know, to me, a waste of time is a strong word, but not the best use of his time. But okay, he wants to do it. That's fine as well. You are high on the idea of Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders or Canelo yeah, versus... high. It's possible. Okay, but you... No, let me say this. If you... Someone, if someone asks you, would you want to see Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders or Canelo versus Plant, you have these really high assessments of them. Neither of those fights I find especially interesting. I could be wrong in the end. If I am, right. I will come on here. Hold on. If, those fight, hold on. if, they, if they make those fights and they're interesting and competitive... I will come on here and eat crow. I have a feeling that they're going to be neither. The Yildirim fight will just be an event, right? It'll be an yeah. outdoor NFL stadium. Just stay busy. He's going to knock the Whatever. dude out, but it's twice in, sec it's in two months. He's This is how you beat the system, right? He's, he's doing what they're telling him to. you got to fight this mandatory. He's going to do it. But, and he could have done it in Mexico. He's doing it in Florida. But, Luke, the Billy Joe Saunders fight is better than you think. I'm not going to sit here and say every Billy Joe Saunders fight is exciting. He can fight a negative style. He's a hard guy to get to even sign the dotted line of a contract. But, Luke, he's a trash talker. And he has the kind of style that is sort of unique. Uh, it's going to be a challenge. Just like the Arislandi Lara fight was a challenge for Canelo. And he took on that challenge at a time he didn't need to. A guy with quick feet, a guy with pure boxing skills. Saunders can do some different things. Look, that's a big win. It'd be, it's a chance to unify titles. It would certainly be against a tough style. You don't care. You just want Golovkin or nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's been a tough week. I'm sorry, Luke. Get out. I mean, <laughs> Uh, I would say Golovkin I'd be okay with. Uh, I, honestly, you're going to laugh at me, yeah. but, like, I'd much... Jake Paul? Jake Paul, certainly top of the list. Who could forget about the Paul brothers? Honestly, I'm a little bit more interested in Charlo at this point. I would love it. Uh, to be quite candid with you. Frankly, Baterbiev, to me, is the, actually the most interesting fight. So it's like, 
okay, you know, are they terrible fights against Plant or Billy Joe Saunders? You know, uh, terrible is a strong word, but like they don't move me. They don't interest me in the same way they do, I think, some of the other ones. But I guess we'll have to see. So. Okay, okay. Uh, the, the aforementioned Jake Paul. Listen, it's better to get an active Canelo than an inactive exactly. Canelo. Exactly. And it's better for a guy who's trying to unify titles and keep his titles. There's okay, but why, dude, why is why, you, you understand these mechanics better than I do? Why did the guy fucking sue DAZN to go his next three fights right back to DAZN? Hey, he found a promoter that, that he can trust, a guy that he believes in and, and thinks is professional and that he heard compared to Oscar, who was not always professional, that maybe he just said, well, you know, it's better to be with this promoter regardless of the network. Um, this guy has the opponents I want to fight next. Also, you're by the way... You know, you're surprised like, he doesn't want to do work on, like, ESPN or Fox Sports? I or, am, but if you by think about... By the way, about he, has, the he, has a, he has a relationship with Showtime as well? He also knows that people want the Golovkin fight. So this kind of keeps him on that side of the street. But he can sign one-fight deals. I, look, I'm not in his corner, all right? I don't, I don't know. You, know, you can, you can, uh, he's, he has red hair. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not advising him. Cinnamon is what they call him. You got a little, you got a little Canelo in your beard here. It's I think not that's, all I, I think that's, I think that's hot sauce. <laughs> I think that's hot sauce. Uh, speaking of Jake Paul, did you see he did announce he's coming back in April? But you no think opponent. You I washed, motherfucker? On the Snoop Dogg Triller boxing. Did you hour. see? I did see this. The guy apparently was like, I gotta leave L.A. Cause I gotta really focus on my fighting career, you know. Like I gotta go. I can't. I, gotta, I can't. I can't be a real fighter if I got all these distractions. And it's like, where are you gonna move to? Miami. Okay, you're gonna leave a, a image-conscious, overly party town for another image-conscious, overly party town. I'm sure that you can't get world-class training in L.A. That you can in in fucking He's Miami. He's just an ass man, you know. At the end of the day. Listen, I understand these concerns. If you want, if you want that ass, <laughs> and you're into Latinas like I am, Miami is certainly a wonderful choice. Falling back on that ass for a hell of fight. But I just the, the way right? in which the way in which he compares. It's like it's like Dana White going to Spencer Fisher and being like, hey, "Listen, I, I've had, my brain's been rattled a couple times too." No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying. Uh, no, no, I don't know no, what actually, you're saying. Actually, uh, it's not the same thing. Which right. which pre-diabetic gas station attendant is he gonna fight next? A Wawa guy or a 7-Eleven guy? What do you I'll think? I'll tell you what. You remember the uh, retired NBA star Kendall Gill who had a cup of coffee as a pro boxer? He had like four or five fights and he was okay. Um, he has been pushing hard on social media for... Uh, you think You think Jake wants that smoke? Well, Jake just took out Nate Robinson, so storyline-wise, you go... Oh, oh, yes, he fought a guy who had never fought before? Um, I, look, Brendan's a big... He's friends with those guys, you know? I know, to which I judge... Brendan, I judge you for it. Wow, you wow. That? I judge you this for it. This wasn't beige taking shots at Brown. This was... Uh, I love big beige. The, the just, big Armenian By the way, check out, check out yeah. Coast to Coast. I did a thing with him. I'm just telling you, I don't understand that at yeah, all. So. Java jerks and shit. All right, another topic this week. We, uh, we kissed on the lips. It was normal. <laughs> <laughs> He's my father. It's okay. That's, yeah, all right. Hey, big announcement for one championship. Normally, we don't care about the things they claim, but how about this? April 7th in Singapore, I believe, they have announced the next card. Headlined, by the way, by Demetrius Johnson looking to become the one flyweight champion after winning the tournament. Uh, going in against Adriano Moraes in the main event, Eddie Alvarez in the co-main event, but the kicker as to why we are mentioning this and maybe care or maybe not, it's up to you, Luke Thomas, is it's going to air in the U.S. on TNT, which mm -hmm. is a big step forward for that promotion. They haven't made the big U.S. debut that they originally planned for 2021 before the quarantine, but you're probably putting your two biggest marketable items that American MMA fans care about, which is DJ and Eddie Alvarez on the same show. This is not an easy matchup for DJ. This Adriano Marais one we've been talking about for a while. He's the flyweight champion. This is a good-ass fight. Do you care more because it's going to be served up to Americans on the TNT platter? 
you know, candidly, I find that organization so full of bullshit, it makes me a little bit jaundiced about interpreting anything that they do. However... No, that's just your diet. It's kind of changing. That too, all that booze I've been having every night. Uh, but the, the reality is, it's hard to be against this. I mean, on TNT, more MMA is better. It also makes me wonder, is, AT, is TNT like the new, like, sort of... Is, AT, is TNT the modern, like, how would you explain it? It's sort of a mix between Spike and Paramount? Spike became Paramount, but what I mean to say is... They've got, you know, they, they show their own uh, dramas. They actually have, I think, a little bit of um, NBA on there. But don't they have AEW on there as well? Yes. Right? So they've, now they'll have professional wrestling to an extent, some MMA as well. It appears to be like they're brilliant. And, they, and on the weekends, they'll show like a lot of Star Wars movies and shit like that. Yeah. So they're really sort of programming, it seems to me, around the young male demographic, 18 to 25, 25 to 49, somewhere in there. And it certainly can't hurt to get them on here. It's, it's definitely better for the organization, definitely better for MMA. So in that sense, I'm okay with it. But wow, that organization is full of bullshit. Uh, Eddie Alvarez had made his one debut in August of 2019. He got beat up and then tapped out by Edward Foliang, which uh, sounds a lot like Ed Furlong. From yeah, it's uh, from Team Lakai. He is a, a Filipino guy. And the, this time, Eddie Alvarez will be in the co-main event against... Iori Lapikis. Can you break down that man's game? No, I don't know much about him, candidly. I mean, look, one has some good fighters. Actually, I've said this before. The best thing that one does is the experimentation with their rules. Well, they'll have kickboxing bouts in a ring with MMA gloves. Uh, I like judging fights as a whole versus round by round better. I think you actually get more accurate results that way. People want to get more specific with judging criteria. I think it's actually giving that latitude for interpretation as a whole it makes it better. Um, so I like that. I like that they're bringing a different kind of product that's not a function of the American regulatory system to American viewers. Um, but, you know, I would be lying if I told you I was very familiar with the entirety of their roster. That's, like, that's a good rocket hitman thing. any of their press release claims, Luke. No, I don't trust a single thing they say. I will tell ever. you that uh, one is probably expecting a world record of 46 billion people to be watching this card. From I've heard 46. I've heard it was going to be as high as 97 quadrillion billion. Uh, do you think Demetrius Johnson can lose this fight? Do you know a lot about Adriana Mirage? Uh, no, not a ton. Um, but, you know, I thought I think DJ has looked pretty good so far in his run. I don't think there's a significant sign of drop-off. He should probably win. His debut got a little bit rough around the edges, but he persevered. Um, so I expect DJ to to ascend the throne there. Every interview, and I think DJ's, what, 33 or 34? So he's, Something like that, yeah. Every interview he says he's done with the UFC, like that's over, it's a chapter in my life that's done, I'm gonna do this, it makes me happy, I make good money. But the idea of DJ Cejudo 3 under the UFC banner, there's a little bit of sex to that, right? This is not, that's, like there's a story there. We need, a, we need the climax, right? We need, we need some finality. Would, do you think there's a chance that ever happens? No. Because Dana doesn't care about Demetrius, or? They just moved on from him. They have Pedro Trayan. They have uh, Jefferson Figueredo. They have. Remember, at one, you weigh in above your normal weight class because they fixed weight cutting forever. Isn't that, isn't that awesome how they did that? Would you buy? <laughs> would you buy a used car from Chatri? I wouldn't buy a fucking stick of gum. Off All right, that guy. we got to stop before he sues us. All right, Luke. Uh, also, speaking of uh, loud promoters, Dana White. In a series of interviews the last few days, including a, a, a brief thing he did at the press conference on Thursday, 
is coming after streamers. This news isn't new, but the specific thing Dana's talking about, how he will end pirated streaming for UFC 257 on Saturday. Dana, in a video, maniacally, with I think it was an interview with BT Sport, maniacally looked into the camera and said, we have identified the streamer. We are tapping his phone calls. We are watching him. We are listening in, and we're going to get that fucker, and we got a special surprise for him. You know. Someone give that. That's the gift that keeps on giving, okay? Uh, Luke, um... That was Dana White to you in that anti-media <laughs> video he made. This feels like the... Dude, seriously, the, 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 like the, the Bond villain creepiness of, of Dana's voice when he was doing this, should the, should the president of the damn UFC be caring this much about sending one pirater to hell? I mean, like, is this guy listening to our phone calls too? I don't understand a single thing that he said, which I was going to say it's not true, but if you listen to the interview... He says, you know, we're listening to his phone conversations. I'm like, okay. What, do you uh, work for Facebook? What yeah, we're, wa we're watching his house. I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? And he goes on beyond that, and he's like, if he posts that link, what he was talking about is not a consumer of the streaming, but somebody who would put the link up so that so others the, could. So the drug deal, like, he's not worried yes. about the, sh the guys he's on not, the street yeah, corner. He's not worried about the guy buying the nickel bag. He's worrying about the guy selling it to him. That's what he's trying to get. And he, so to me, it's like, dude, I don't even know if. He what, wants Avon Barksdale. Yes. I don't even know if what he's talking about is legal or even true. So there was, so I don't know if you saw this. The competing theories are, are this. One, what he's saying is true. He got either like, you know, retired FBI guys or whatever, and they're just breaking all kinds of state and federal laws. That's one explanation. The other one was, oh, BC, I wonder what you make of this. The other explanation I saw, much people being like, okay, this is obviously a huge bluff so that you know, no one knows, am I the one he's talking about? Is someone else the one? So that it deters all of these other he guys from doing to, that. He did promise to, what's the word I'm looking to, the full extent of the law. He's looking to... Uh, yeah, that was the other part. He goes, I'm going to arrest them. Yeah. I'm going to prosecute them. Prosecute them. That's I'm going to put them in jail. I'm like, do you work for the Department of Corrections? What do you do there at the Ultimate Fighting Championship? Do you have a law degree? Uh, I don't understand anything you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know anymore, Luke. I don't know if we're going to show up in another video or documentary uh, about how we didn't believe in the. Uh, yes, we're gonna, they're going to do. They're going to make a piracy video once they figure out how to solve piracy. Because Lord knows you don't give the UFC enough praise, they get really upset about it. They're going to use this video as evidence that you and I didn't think big enough. Truth is, they're listening to our phone conversations and our texts. But that's really that's really not that interesting. If they did, it'd be a lot of ass far. <laughs> I mean. They Full disclosure, and I know we have documentary cameras, so maybe it's Luke's acting up, but I sat here just a few minutes ago and did a live hit on CBS Sports HQ. They kicked me off I could off barely the air. hear, and I, and I look, Luke's over there like. Listen, someone's got to bring levity to this shit show. All right. Uh, finally, in terms of the weekend events coming up, uh, Saturday night, Showtime Championship Boxing is going to kick off the new year with a bang. A triple header from the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, 9 p.m. Eastern. And on display here, at least in the main and co-main events, is this red-hot 122-pound division. Unbeaten Andrew... Uh, whoa, whoa. Angela? Good God. Unbeaten... Uh, Angelo Leo. Angelo Leo. God, I want to call him Angela. Unbeaten Angelo Leo will defend his WBO title at Super Bantamweight against fellow unbeaten cool boy Steph, Stephen Fulton Jr. Uh, if you're feeling like you've heard these names linked together, this is the third time the fight was attempted to be made. Most famously, last August at Mohegan, Stephen Fulton 
contracted COVID-19 three days before that bout. He's been very open and honest in saying uh, he was emotional. He was crying. He thought, really, he lost his big opportunity. Well, Leo went out afterwards, beat late replacement Tremaine Williams by decision. Great body punching attack. A great hungry, unbeaten fighter there, Leo, promoted by Mayweather Promotions. Now we get this matchup, Luke. One of the four titles at stake. A lot of fun names in this division. The Lewis Neres, the Brandon Figueres, the... Um, uh, MJ Akhmadaliev, which has two, who has two of the four belts but isn't active at the moment. Danny Roman. How good is this fight? What, what are you looking for? Yeah, I, I wish that of the two, one of them was clearly more of a power puncher than the other. They seem to be a roughly equivalent in that regard. But, yes, uh, cool boy Steph, this dude out of Philadelphia, I always I keep my eye on those guys because, obviously, the pedigree that from that town is, is worth taking seriously. But when you watch him, I'm not going to say he's the same as Jerron Ennis. I don't think that's quite fair. They have very different styles. But... They kind of remind me of each other in the sense that they are the kind of guys who are, you can tell they're really noodling which shots they want to throw. They're not on autopilot and just, you know, over-the-top volume guys, which has its place in boxing. I mean, that's fine. Um, so I really like his style. Leo, I think this is a huge test for him. Listen, both guys undefeated, ranked inside the top ten. And I'll tell you this, every time we, have, we cover like a Canelo fight or blah, 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 it's like, dude, how am I supposed to like this? Canelo's minus 700, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Look at this one. It's a near pick'em, and a co-main event also a near pick'em. I was saying to BC on the weigh-in show, I cannot remember the last time I watched a boxing event where the main and co-main were both almost pick'ems. It's exceedingly rare. Yeah, I've called this a matchmaker special from the idea of all three fights being very competitive, being at or near the title level. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about this division at 122 based on the results on Saturday night. Cool boy Steph. Probably the of the two maybe has the higher ceiling commercially. People look at his talent a little bit more, and the odds makers do have him as a close favorite. Uh, I interviewed him this week for Morning Combat. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, great personality, a, a kid who gets it, who really sees a bright future for him and his brand again and is willing to really, even though he has the ability to box, I'm talking about Fulton, is willing to go to war with Angelo Leo, who is a, a big guy, Great aggressiveness, fights well on the inside, the way, body attack. I asked my wife, you asked me about his nickname, El Chinito. Chinito, yeah. So I heard, it depends how you use it, which country. This is Leo we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it can mean little boy, but I asked my wife, is that what it means? She goes, well, it can be, depending on where you go. She goes, it also might mean the little Chinese or the Chinese. Oh, kind of like where Marcos Maidana is... Uh, is has a nickname that essentially means Chinese because people think that... that yeah, he slanted has, eyes? Yeah, people think, think that he looks... Uh, uh, El Chino. El Chino is Marcos yes. Maidana from Argentina's yeah. nickname. Yeah, they'll do that. Um, so they could be that as well. I don't. I, I look at him. I don't. Got to be honest. I don't quite see uh, Japanese or Korean on his face uh, more than. I mean, that's you know, a little bit racist. I don't, I don't go that far. But so oh, is that a little bit racist to be like the, to be like the Latin guy is is not from uh, Southeast Asia? But sometimes okay. Sometimes though, we we end up with issues on the questions on this show about cultures because I'm I, you know I don't have the same culture as you. I wasn't. I didn't live in other countries like you did. I don't know if you have a culture at all. I just want, can we, would your wife be willing to be someone that we brought up on the big screen? Well, like, let's go to our foreign correspondent to settle the difference. Uh, okay, what's the context? You mean, give me an example when you think it would be valuable for something like this? Yeah, something like this, yeah. Yeah, she probably would. Talk about the customs, you know. She probably would. Because I don't want to be ignorant, Luke. I think you love being ignorant. I don't, I don't. I mean, you know. You're always like, I'm from a factory town. That's why I love to do... And commit hate crimes. <laughs> that's just that's just tradition that's such, in factory that's towns. That's such bullshit. In factory um, towns, hate crimes are what we call Christmas. Go ahead. Raeed Salim and uh, Vic Pusias in the main in the co-main event, which by the way is another pick'em fight, and uh, both guys saying it's going to be the fight of the year. So you want to check that out. But look quickly in that opener, Rolando Romero. They call him Roly. Uh, this guy has. 
a brash mouth. He's got a lot of big potential. He's a big puncher. He's 12-0, just 25 years old. But we saw on Showtime when he won his WBA interim title at lightweight over Jackson Mourinho's last year, everybody thought he lost that fight and yeah. lost it very wide Widely. against a boxer. Yet all three judges, including one, 118-110, scored it for Roley. Uh, what type of uh, pressure do you think Roley is on right now? Because, I mean, dude, he's calling out Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Tank Davis. He wants every inch and ounce of the smoke. But you got to prove that you're a well-rounded yeah. fighter. I mean, it's the, the division of kings right now, right? 135, we talked about it all the time. Are they the four new kings and blah, blah, blah? Not here to get into that again. You want to be a part of that conversation. You cannot be doing the things he did against Jackson Mourinho's. And I remember because I had not, I had seen him box on YouTube before, but I never really paid attention to him on national television. And I watched that fight from the Mohegan Sun. I was like, dude, this is the guy. And you were like, ah, I don't have him winning either. I don't yeah. think what the scores were, but I, I think uh, the dudes from CompuBox had it 117, 111. Like they had. Mourinho's running no, away Steve with Steve Farhood had it 117-111. Steve Farhood. And the, the CompuBox numbers were heavily in Mourinho's favor. You know, Steve Farhood, you can agree or disagree, he's not some boxing neophyte. I mean, he's, he's been, a around, famer, yeah. been around the block a few times, and the dude still won. You're like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So not only does he have to get a win here, dude, he needs to, like, you got to step on the gas a little bit, man. you got to really remind people that whatever happened in the last one, you can't control it. He, to his credit, it's not his fault. He's not a judge. But it's time to remind folks that you are hyped up for a reason. Well, okay, now you need to show yeah, us. Yeah, and Roland Romero has great power, and he believes in it. And He uh, is athletic, too. He can really he has, he has good explosive power. But he, sometimes it can be a reminder of somebody like a Chris Eubank Jr., who's very athletic but doesn't have the same sort of technical abilities that you would want for somebody at that level. Roland Romero came to this sport late, but uh, you talk about a brash guy who fights with a chip on his shoulder. He was very upset about the backlash he took from people not believing he won that fight, and he's going to look to go in there against Paldo and uh, try to make a giant statement this Saturday. Uh, Luke, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern, very good triple header. On Moro and company over there. Uh, Luke, um... We're doing a lot of fun stuff in the bomb shelter this weekend. You know, we're trying our best. Audio to, sounds great. To fight through. I don't know if anybody heard the show so far. Hopefully they have. Um, There's no way to know. Jay was everywhere yesterday where that we wanted him and didn't want him to be. Uh, he's not here today. I know you didn't even want me to bring up that name on the show today. I have something for you. That's already a, that's already yeah, a meme. That's already me. a gif. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know it's actually a gift because it means graphics uh, something? Yes. Uh, I used to pronounce it that way as well. And then everyone was like, no, it's pronounced the other way. And then everyone goes, no, no, it's pronounced the other way. And then everyone goes, no, no, it's pronounced the other way. And you know what I say to that? <laughs> That's what I say to that. All right. Uh, Luke. That. Um, Listen, can you imagine going home to your wife and be like, I want to partner with this guy. This is the guy that's going to get me to the next stage of my career. And then her looking at you and doing anything other than divorcing you. Uh, Luke Thomas. Um, we didn't talk too much to 257. You want to get back into it? Well, we bit. got the time here. We, we you, cruised Dude, you that. fucking burned Here's through the, the thing. Show. When I host on Fridays, I keep us on point. I'm, I'm charming. Yeah, then, I'm why are you, then why are you jacking off all Monday and Wednesday? And then when it's your turn to host, you turn into me, who's keeping the fucking train because on the right now, I, I, I'm the salt. I'm flavoring your meat right now, right? You know what I'm saying? Where's my jar? Where's my jar? Give me my jar, Jake, please. Oh, God. Okay? Get it to me. I mean, here's the, here's the thing that people have to understand about you and I, Luke, and about how all the bullshit you think I spew on here. At the end of the no, day, I think I got, you're full of good analysis. At the end of the day, I got one question for you. Okay, do you like Italian food? Yes Let or no? Let me see. Bowl and what? 
Bowling basket. Yeah. All right? we're not, no, we're not doing a commercial for these guys. Who doesn't okay? like Italian? You get me a can of Kalo, the hemp infused seltzer. I'll be drinking. I'll be commercializing that. Hard, hard pass. Do Go you ahead. like Italian food? Uh, who doesn't? Do you like spaghetti? Who doesn't? Have you ever eaten spaghetti plain? This is the dumbest analogy on planet Earth. I want you to know you are the author of the worst argument ever made. Luke, Ed, I've been looking for at the bottom of the internet. Who's the dumbest man on the internet? Oh, it's your partner? Look, you need oh, okay. the sauce, okay? You need it, all right? You if you are the sauce, it. then why do I own 12 of the top 15 videos on the channel? And not like by a little bit, by a lot. Luke, there is a- What's a, your explanation, there's sauce? There's a quantity versus quality uh, uh, you know, element in there, but I'm, or, not here, or, I'm not here to fight. Here's the thing. Or your tortured analogy doesn't work. All that bullshit we went through the last 24 hours from the staff here. I know, I, we should be friends. It's actually brought us together. Yes. It's actually, we are not the enemies people think we are. So the sauce, I'll pour it over, Luke, I will pour it over both of us right now, okay? All right, all right? The thing I wanted to get into was, um, can you be as bold as I was saying Conor McGregor by second round TKO despite the fact that Dustin Poirier is the better and more well-rounded fighter? Can you go on the damn record 257 main event looking to that camera right there, that documentary camera right there, that uh, guy uh, Lou re-racking his ball bag over there. This fine, I was, like, I was this, like, dude, you still can't find your keys? This this fine lady over here working the camera. Uh, Lou, can like, you can't, tell? I can't find my keys. Can I'm you fucking... tell people who will win on Saturday night? All right, here's my best guess. Don't do any betting on this. Bet it. Bet Don't it. Don't do any betting on this. People think that you can do betting on MMA if you are a highly specialized uh, better and you do a ton of tape study. If you don't do that, don't take anyone's predictions as anything other than fucking this, because that's, that's all it is. So, go, let's, let's go down the card, top to bottom. I'll give you which way I lean. Oh, wow, wow, all Top right. to bottom, so shout them out. Connor versus Dustin. I think I lean Connor, and I think if you're going to go that direction, you are doing it based on the no, assumption. No, no, no bullshit circle to around temerity. I'm not circling. Don't tickle, I'm, I'm telling you which way I fucking don't lean. Don't tickle the rim, fist that shit. Okay. What I'm trying to explain is it is based on the assumption that he has leveled up to the extent that um, is necessary to either match his opponents or to defeat them. Is there a ton of evidence to prove that he's done that? No, but I, I'm sort of guessing that he has, and that's why I lean that direction. Okay, Luke, Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler, who wins? I tend to think that those step-through-up knees from Dan Hooker are going to play a yes. significant role. I've got a third-round stoppage there because Chandler's yeah. going to go for it. Luke. Yeah, and look, do I think that do I think Hooker's going to get Gonna get it, put it on him at points. I do. I and do I think, think if that. you're, tell me if I'm wrong. If you're Michael Chandler, you you run the risk of getting stopped in your UFC debut, knowing that you could be fighting Conor McGregor for the world title in your next bout, right? Right. Um, I think Conor's a bad matchup for for Chandler. So again, assuming he has leveled up in the way that we think he has, but I think Hooker's gonna stop. Uh, probably gonna stop him late. All right. Uh, I know Brent Brookhouse is a big fan. Here we go, evil. Here we go. Here we go, evil. Here we go. And then it's just uh, crickets. Uh, Jessica I, JoJo, Calderwood, women's strawweights. Interesting. The odds makers have Jessica I as a slight dog in this one. When yeah. I look at this, I go, JoJo's gonna, gonna, you know. JoJo is uh, a overall a better offensive fighter, but she makes a lot of mental errors. And I wonder if someone who's like unspectacular but solid in the way that I is could give her problems. I'll probably go Calderwood, but not confidently. Okay, I, I'm very confident. That's my best bet of the of the, Are you? Of the card. Yeah. Yeah, but you're. you're I think I's going in the wrong direction. Really? Yeah. Maybe. 
All right, all right. Uh, we have, this is, I love the shit out of this fight, Marina Rodriguez in my favorite division, women's strawweight, against, you, call, you can call her sneaky. She's a great fighter and a great person. Bro, I could, take a, person. I could take a dump and you would call it sneaky. Your sneaky meter is way too sensitive. She's a Latina, be relaxed. Amanda yeah, Kivas. She's a nice, she's a she's a nice great woman. Person. First of all, she has an infectious personality. Totally does. Great Instagram follow, just hilarious, fun. She's also a really, really good fighter. I see her competing for a world title at this weight class very soon. Agreed. Uh, I think she beats Mar uh, Marina Rodriguez. I just feel like she's overall better athlete. I think she's better at, at distance. I, her ground game is spectacular. And her dad did a very nice gesture. A nice gesture, but not a nice tattoo. It's not a bad tat. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad tattoo. It, that thing is mangled. Like, I'm not a big fan of the Ramones or the Sex Pistols. You know, their, their musicianship's not great, but, it, but it's high-selling, high impactful music that people loved, Luke. It doesn't have to be like, well, actually, they didn't play that chord correctly. Like, Bro, this is, this is like watching Jake Paul fight and be like, dude, you know, not everyone's fucking Giorgio Petrosian. Yeah, that's true, but there's also a difference between pro and amateur. All right. Uh, Andrew Sanchez is going to be in this opener, bumped up from the prelim card against Mahmoud Murat Muradov, Muradov yeah. from Uzbekistan. Yes, uh, I actually like Muradov in that one. I think Muradov is an unheralded, uh, up-and-coming talent. He's had a couple stumbles along the way, but I think he's getting a lot better. He's a sensational athlete. I like him to win that one. That one I feel pretty confident about. All right, your prelim main event, as we set up earlier at the catchweight, Matt Frivola, Armin Sarukian. Sarukian. Sarukian of Bro, the, the guy's got the, the guy's got Czar in his fucking name. You know how badass that is? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty that's great. Badass. Um, Frivola might catch him, bro. I mean, the guy did not make weight. Um, I think that Saryukian is the more talented of the two, but Frivola probably has a fucking axe to grind after losing out on all those opportunities this past year. So I'm not going to betray my countrymen and go against yeah. Armin Saryukian because, you know, Armenia got to keep it all together. War Armenia. You are probably, to be really honest here, the third most famous Armenian in combat sports behind Vanus I wouldn't, I wouldn't Roshin, really self-identify as Armenian. Viktor Chinyan and Edmund Tarverdian. I have Armenian heritage. I can't self-identify as Yeah, but it fuels at least part of Like, my French-Canadian heritage gives me the passion. Yeah, but there's nothing worse than an American being like, yo, I'm 1 16th half Irish. Yo, I'm like 1 8th a quarter Native is American. The, is that a veiled shot at Mike Perry? No, it's fucking what Elizabeth Warren did. Like, please don't do that shit. All right, Luke. You're, you're, you're just, you're, listen, who was it? Manich? He's like, listen, if, you're, if your grandfather was German and then they moved to the States and then you're the, you know, you're the, the grandkid, you're just white at that point. You're not German. Why does that have to be a color thing? I mean, it's boring to say I'm American. You're just, okay, you're a white American. Like, you're not, you lose all access to that. Do you, you speak German? No. You've been to Germany? No. You ain't shit. You're just, you're just fucking normal dude. That's what you are. My great-grandparents spoke Lithuanian and not English. Okay? Yeah, tell me some Lithuanian words, fucking Captain Culture. Oh, word? Okay. Uh, Luke, Brad Tavares, Antonio Carlos Jr. of the middleweights. Could be some action there, bro. Yeah, shoe face taking on Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares had a rough run of it recently. Oh, yeah. Um, he needs to get back on track. He is well-trained. I do think he is well-rounded. Uh, shoe face, not as well-rounded, but he takes more risks. And I think he's just this is just fair. He's much better on the ground. I mean, he's world champion in jiu-jitsu, so he's going to be much better. Question is, I know shoe face has been really working on his stand-up. I have a feeling... He might try to keep it there unless and until he gets into trouble. That'll be curious to see how that one goes. In the 1991... I'll lean shoe face. Oh, hey. In the 1991 dark action thriller, right, marked for death, speaking of shoe face, screw face 
was the bad guy opposite Steven Seagal in that one, but it turns out there were two of them. There were brothers, hope they're not triplets. Which Screwface do you think took a worse death? The first one who had a sword cut off his Johnson and then cut off his head, or the second one who had the same sword to the crotch, but then had his back broken, thrown down an elevator shaft in which he came and died on a dull spike that came through his stomach. The first I'm guy not, lost a lot I'm, of his manhood. Yeah. The second guy, it was just brutality. I've not seen this film. It's the best action movie of all time. Marked for Death? Marked for Death, Steven Seagal, so good. Oh, I bet that that's not true. I'm like, going to bet you're not so telling good. the truth. So good. Like, Out for Justice is incredible. It's, it's Seagal's commando. I love me some Out for Justice, but the, re- the real ones, they know Marked for Death. is oh. oh, who did that? The white boy Hatcha? Did. Did. Uh, Luke, uh, women's bantamweight. Hey, Juliana Pena against uh, former world title challenger Sarah McMahon. I love Pena. I still believe in her at age 31. I picked her on HQ, but Rashad Evans, Mystic Shad, still likes 40-year-old Sarah McMahon to ground and pound her. Your thoughts? Sarah McMahon is a fucking beast. The age is not going to be as relevant with her because of her physical uh, prowess. Still, she's not been looking all that awesome uh, of late either. Let me verify if that's true, if I'm just talking out of my ass. She was one three in a row, but against people that have no... Sorry, what am I saying? That's the wrong one. Um, she has won one in a row, and it was against Lena Landsberg, the last two she lost, both by submission. You know, Pena's got good submissions. She, she's been a little bit out of it. I don't know if she's been able to recover. We I'm haven't gonna, seen the best of her. Come yeah, on, I'm right? going gonna, gonna to lean towards Pena in that one, but that one could get dicey, too. And uh, Pena, a slight dog in against McMahon in this one if you're a bettor. Uh In the light heavyweight division, a man who loves crystals. No, not talking about Jared Cannonier, not talking about Nolan, our sound guy, although he wore one around his, uh, his uh, chain yesterday. Luke, uh, Khalil Roundtree Jr. of crystal fame taking on Marcin Prochneo. Prochneo? Uh, it depends on which... which it depends on which um, which province you're from? Which province is that? In Italy. In, uh, in I don't. I don't think he's Italian. All right. In uh, in Turkey. He's yeah. Polish. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Khalil Ramsey is going to fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. These are the predictions people want from you. Yeah. Look, for as much as you brag about your subscriber base, do you realize how? I much- only brag about it when you're like, I'm the sauce. Like, what fucking sauce is that, bitch? Uh, Mariano Rivera. He played one inning a game, Luke. He's in the Hall of Fame, okay? Yeah. He's the fucking sauce, right, bro? The same. Give him the, the cutter. The was cutter. he, I mean, was he the sauce or was it A-Rod or was it, you know, Okay, so maybe at the Jeter. end of the season you're saying it's, well, they won the championship more because of A-Rod and Jeter, but at the same time they don't win, they don't get to where they are at unless that guy he was the closer. drips the are sauce the out of a hose at the end, all right? Are you, are you the closer? I am the closer of this, okay? I fact, for when we get shut down one day, it'll be because of me, Luke. That's probably right? true. Clear Ranch is going to fuck this guy up because Bracnio, or however you pronounce his last name, I think he's got three UFC fights. All of them he's lost via first-round stoppage. So one of those is Sam Alvey KO in the first uh, round. Yikes. So he did lose to Ankalaev, but Ankalaev is very good. So I was like, okay. You know, I've, 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 uh, I've brought it to Rashad before because I love me some Rashad Evans. I said, you know what? Of the losses you had to end your career, brother, I love you, Rashad. That Alvey one just looks bad. Not only is it just a bad loss, I don't even think he beat you. You can't let Sam Alvey go the rest of his life bouncing grandkids on the knee one day saying, I beat Hall of Famer Sugar Rashad Evans. I told Rashad he should run that back. So the whole point about your subscriber base is if you gave entertaining predictions that were absolute, like you just did yes, with Yes, if I trolled my audience, I told them things I couldn't possibly know, I could get tons of views. I don't do shit like that. 
right. Hey, in the uh, early prelim main event uh, on Fight Pass in Plus, uh, it's a catchweight at 150. Mavsar Evloev. Evloev. Yeah, how about that? Against Nick Lentz. Do you care about this? Yeah, I don't know exactly what to make of this one. Evloev is undefeated. Nick Lentz has two losses, but to, like, good fighters. So this is a bit of a coming or going moment for Nick Lentz because it's like, okay, you lost to Charles Oliveira. Okay, fine. No, no harm, no foul. Um, but what if you lose to a guy who's on the come-up, who's undefeated, but not nearly as advanced as Charles Oliveira? What does that tell you? So it's hard to know which way. I'll, I guess I'll lean Nick Lentz, but I don't really know. Yeah, it's a flip him off. The flyweight about to open the entire card is Amir Albazi against Zalgas Zumagulov. This guy is on fire with the pronunciations here. I want to see this fight. Yeah, um, pick him, according to the odds makers. Complete pick him. So I'll say... ZZ, Zinedine Zidane. ZZ Top, yeah, ZZ he wants some tush. Um, Luke, I'll say this. We don't have an official Dead Wrong segment today. A lot of our traditional stuff, some fan submissions, we're going to put off till next week. This week, we're supposed to be at Mohegan. Now we're in the bombshell. It's been a wild week, all right? We got a, you got a lot of content to yeah, help you. You, you don't even know what a mess it's been. I do want to give it Dead Wrong, though. When I came out, and not to me, to you people, when I came out, those people... Those people. I'm talking oh, about. hold on. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. You gotta check your. Uh, go, no, no. Down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wire fraud. Fuckface. Go. Um, I will say that uh, you know I made a comment. I said, look, Justin Gaethje, for as bad as he lost that fight to to Habib, dude, he was one leg strike away from putting Habib in peril. Do you know Habib gave an interview this week in which he went out of his way to say the hardest I've ever been hit against Justin Gaethje who was talking to me during the fight, and he gave that whole story about how they had a conversation. But he basically said the, the most pain he's ever felt in the cage was that leg kick, the one that preceded him going for the takedown and finishing him. It was close. Justin had a game plan. It wasn't the game plan we thought he should have done or would have worked, but he was almost backdooring that. Yeah, you know? I think people just want to be like, oh, because once he got to the floor... Could be completely People just want to say, BC, you're the boxing guy. You don't know MMA. I know. You're all these people who are like, oh, oh, my God, this analysis is so blah, 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 blah. And then you hear their analysis, and you're like, dude, that's 10 times worse. What are you talking about? So you basically just, you didn't, you didn't back me up there. You were just no, like, I'm, I'm not as up. bad as those guys. No, no, no. I'm quite the opposite. What I'm saying is what happened was once Khabib got him down, which did not take a ton of effort, once he got him down, it went from 0 to 60 very badly for right. Justin. Yeah. So what they're saying is, oh, you know, whatever he may have done on the feet, he didn't really rock him. You know, he didn't cut him. He didn't drop him. It's all incidental. Well, not really. I mean, those shots hurt like a motherfucker. Was it enough to do the job? No. But the idea that, like, that didn't play a role in maybe Khabib's haste, I, I don't think is true. And, and certainly it's worth taking seriously. All right. All right. Uh, and uh, our friends, uh, ooh, what do you got there? You know, look, um... <laughs> The thing is, uh, passion knows no limits. You know what I mean? This is my dad when I'm like, Dad, can I have a hug? Dad, can I uh, kiss you on the lips, <laughs> Canadian style? Are we in Lithuania? What <laughs> <laughs> is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to all our people, okay? Yeah. All right. All right, so let's plug this. We have to do room service diaries tonight. We have to do uh, the post-fight show tomorrow, right after the main event. You got to be here. We've already got, with poor audio, reaction to the way, uh, well, excuse me, the presser. Yes. We've already got uh, a look at Connor's career fight by fight. I know the audio is up and down that one, but it's mostly good enough that to was, get. The, the, the sad part was that was a great freaking clip. Yeah. We didn't even really the way, plan that. We people, just rolled it out. I do think people liked it. We're going to get a little bit more formal with that. We'll bring that back when, like, John Jones comes back. And get, and get in multimedia. Yeah, we'll have some multimedia. Well, and we'll also have some lower thirds to go along with it as well. Yeah. So we'll do that again. Um, we have the hot sauce review. That's a little bit fun. You can go check that out. It's short. The audio, by the way, works great on that Fantastic. one. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And then 
There's uh, all the MKs. Please like and subscribe. We're really trying to drive that subscriber count. We need you all to do that. So um, there's how to get in touch with us on, on Morning Combat. And yeah. yeah, you're hosting, so figure this out. Yeah, I mean, just buy our clothes and check out Showtime and, you know, all that. Um, yeah, for the staff, the crew, uh, store.show.com, please uh, wear our clothes. Um, my name is Brian Campbell. That's Luke Thomas. Shout out to uh, CBS, Showtime, uh, Malka. Um, yeah. V.V. Winkler. <laughs> Army Hammer? The guy's a damn carnivore. No, the guy, the, the lady I sent you on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> he, he sends me, there's two things Luke sends into my Instagram DMs. Big booty Latinas or... <laughs> Or uh, pictures of corpse, George Corpse Grinder with his family. Yes, uh, being a very nice father. All right. Uh, nice may father. all of your ex-lovers stay satisfied with somebody else. Uh, <laughs> my name is Brian Campbell, and I've got two words for you. We out.